This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. This week on the Mandatory Samson Podcast, we're breaking down the tragic events that took place in Orlando over the weekend. We're also going to give an update on the Stanford rape case and Brock Turner. We're going to close the episode with a pretty good 2016 update, right, Joey? Fantastic update. You're, you're such a positive guy. I love you. You guys are going to love it, too. Stick around. Mandatory Samson Podcast. That's a strange way to start the show. Hi, my name is Christopher Flannery. I'm joined by Joseph Noe. Say hi to the people, Joey. Hi, people. Welcome to the program, everyone. Uh, We have a good one with some bad news lined up today. Obviously, we're going to go deep into the deadliest shooting in U.S. history in Orlando at the top of the program here. Uh, We're also going to give an update on the Brock Turner rape case, Mm -hmm. and we're going to close the show with an interesting 2016 update. If I do say so myself, uh, three topics on this episode. When I say we're going to go deep into Orlando, we're going deep into Orlando. Yes. I do have to say, do you want to know what made me smile? Oh, my God. When I looked at the notes? What a crazy way to start. What 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 made you smile about the deadliest shooting in U.S. history? That Jack? somehow you, you is that somehow you could bring up Kim Kardashian? Oh yeah, you like that? that? That's impressive. Oh okay, all right, I see where you're going. Yeah, I've you know look, I love sweet Kim Kardashian, Kiki as I like to call her, and uh, she impressed me with something she had to say about the shooting. So we're gonna get into that a little bit later in that coverage. Um, yeah, okay, good. Yeah. I like where you went with that, Evan. Thank you for producing the show. We appreciate it. What up? Um, all right, Joey, do you, you, why don't we just dive right into the Orlando stuff? Because I broke it down from a lot of different angles. We have what we know so far, mm-hmm. what politicians have had to say about it, some background about terrorism and shooting. You know, we're, we're going to go into the whole thing. So w- why don't we just do that right now? Um, Omar Mateen, a 29-year-old American born in New York hmm. of uh, Afghan descent, has been identified as the man responsible for the deadliest shooting in United States history, killing 50 people and injuring at least 53 more when he opened fire at an LGBT nightclub called Pulse Club uh, in Orlando, Florida, in the wee hours of the morning on Sunday. Uh, He started at around 2 a.m. He was dead around 5 Mm a.m., but the damage clearly was done. Um, He was killed during a shootout with police when they broke into the club to rescue 30 hostages. Um, Before we get into any of the specific details, you got anything? I mean, obviously, a lot of people have a lot of stuff to say about this, but got any thoughts right off the top there? Uh, I find it interesting because at different sources kind of say his different involvement at the Pulse Club itself. So one thing said that his wife drove him there at least once. And then someplace else I read that he actually attended the club a lot more than you would think he did. Yeah, we're going to get into that. I have, um, you know, I have quotes from the wife, the dad. We Mm. have a video clip of the dad. We have some of the people that are regulars at the club. Um, Yeah, we're going to get into that whole story. 
Because to me, what's interesting is the fact that he lived two hours away from the club. So that means he has to drive to get to the club. That's right. a lot of time invested in going to some place that you might not even want to go to, I guess. Well, I mean, we're so, look, here, here's the other thing. To that point, I mean, we're going to get into that a uh-huh. little bit. Like, that's like more specific that we're going to get into. The question is, is this guy a closeted homosexual who hates himself or because of his religion or because of his father doesn't want to come out of the closet. So it makes sense that he'd be going to a club hours away from where he lives because if he's trying to hide that Hmm. or whatever, you know what I mean? So it all factors into the equation. We're going to get into that. Is it the religion? Is he just a a nut that, that went off the reservation? Is he somebody that, hated himself or whatever you know like who knows what what the answer we're we're gonna get into that stuff well i i feel that it's very important to to frame it in the right way with how we choose to go about it meaning that maybe it wasn't as religious based as some people make it seem yeah here's maybe it's not we don't know the thing is it's part of the equation I think there's a tendency with any of these shootings, all these conversations, it's always like, it's this. Oh, it was ISIS that made him do it. Okay. It's this one's way more complicated. He's clear, you know, he at least paid lip service to the idea that he pledged allegiance to ISIS. Mm-hmm. He supposedly was at the gay club a number of times. He was on gay dating apps. Again, we're, again, we're going to get into yeah. this a little bit later, but like, is it, only one of those things or is it a combination of all of those things that leads to a devastating result i'm of the mindset that if something is involved in your life it is a factor somehow Mm -hmm. whether it's the most important factor or not i don't know but you can't discount the fact that he you know is potentially radical muslim you know what i mean like that doesn't mean that muslims are radical it just means this guy is to some extent so it's a factor Mm -hmm. Mateen Pert, and again, this is the other conversation here, the guns. Mateen purchased a long gun, an AR-15 assault rifle, which has also been used in some other uh, greatest fucking hits in America. Sandy Hook, the Aurora shooting, a lot of other, you know, deadly, terrible events. The long gun, the AR-15 has been used. Uh, And a handgun, which he purchased within a week of the massacre, according to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Um, legally he purchased these mm-hmm. despite his being investigated for terrorist highs years prior, which we're going to get into in a little bit. So the FBI has looked into this individual, yet he was able to purchase a gun. Cor- correct. Yeah, okay. but not even just the FBI has looked into this individual like he, uh, you know, didn't pay his taxes or something. Mm-hmm. Investigated for terrorist ties. Oh. Now, who knows? I, I guess they were like, well, I, I don't know. He really had nothing to do with it. But come on man like that's another thing that we're going to get into because there's a big aspect of this um and i'm not sure if i even have it in the notes but we can just talk about it now the fbi their policy is investigate all leads no matter how credible they are or not if they're ridiculous we follow it if it's very serious we follow it so something like this where this guy might have seemed credible to an extent Mm-hmm. but it wasn't an immediate threat or they couldn't necessarily prove that he was definitely imminently going to do something. They look into it and they go, okay, we got to move on to the next thing because we're, we're going to follow every in, every lead, not just the ones that are probably going to happen. 
So it's a, it's a stupid policy, really. So because this keeps happening over and over again. So using this policy, it means that they don't have the resources that's necessary to prevent something from happening because they're focusing on something else. Um, you could say that, but that I don't think you need to add, you know, thousands of FBI agents. I think you need to just direct the resources that you have at, you know, in a more intelligent way. Okay. You, you know, it's the same idea that Snowden's always talking about where to find a needle in a haystack is hard enough. When you make the haystack so big, you know, too big, you're collecting everybody's data all the time. The needle becomes irrelevant you're never going to find it yeah. you don't even know what you're looking for at a certain point it's the same idea if you're just going to follow every single lead and treat them all the same way well clearly you're going to miss something and, and that's a conversation that i don't know if that's being had generally in the the public it, t- it tends to go along radical islam we have trump and obama going back and mm-hmm. forth it, it becomes about language it becomes about guns to a lesser extent, I think, which should be the main part of this. But that gets lost in the shuffle where it's like, well, why is the FBI talking to these people and then not fi- like paying attention to them any longer than the day or two that they're talking to them? That 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 is a recurring theme, and clearly that's a, a serious problem. Um, like I said, just before the shooting, Mateen called 911 to pledge his allegiance, quote, in general to the Islamic State. Yeah, it seems odd to me. It seems odd. That's something we're also going to get into in a little bit. Bill Nelson, who is a Florida senator, he says, obviously he knew what he was doing. I asked the FBI if there was any connection to ISIS. There appears to be, but they are naturally cautious and waiting throughout uh, to see if this is the case as the facts emerge. I have checked with intelligence staff, and they do believe that there is some link to ISIS, but I might say that is not official. Okay. Um, I also have a video here. Let's do this of uh, President Barack Obama talking about the FBI um, conclusion so far as far as his link to terrorism. So let's play that clip right now, and then we'll get into some statistical stuff, I think, before we get into some of the other things. thing that we can say is that this is being treated as a uh, terrorist investigation. It appears that the shooter uh, was inspired by uh, various extremist uh, information uh, that was disseminated uh, over the internet. Uh, All those materials are currently being searched, exploited, so we will have a better sense of the pathway uh, that the killer took uh, in uh, making a decision to launch this attack. At this stage, we see no clear evidence that he was directed externally. Okay, so that's an important point, and that's something that I think needs to be talked about. When we we say, you know, ISIS-inspired, there's a huge goddamn difference between ISIS-inspired and Mm ISIS-directed. And we're always faced with that question. Was he really fighting for ISIS or was he inspired by them? I, to me, it seems like a lot of these guys, these lone wolf guys, it's very easy for ISIS to be like, yeah, he's one of our guys, whatever. But clearly ISIS was not directing him in any way or giving him any money or anything like no. that. He just knows that ISIS is a thing. They're the face of terrorism right now. So he claims to be uh, aligned with them. That just, I mean, that makes sense, right, from his perspective, obviously. Y- yes, it does. Um, in my opinion, I think he was 
using the ISIS thing as a whole diversion to what was actually going on. Meaning? Meaning, I believe he was a blatant homosexual that couldn't come terms with himself. Yeah. So instead of being, or entering a community that would have accepted him for who he was, he decided to lash, ag- lash out against that community. Yeah, I think that's I think that's reasonable. We don't know that, but right. But it seems like some of the evidence that's coming out, if, if these, I, I don't see why people that, or go to Pulse Club all the time or just going to make up the fact that he was there and he's been on the dating. Like, to me, that's a, as I understand it, this club has been like a tight-knit kind of community. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're involved, if you go to that club, that's like a known hangout. People are very familiar with each other. It's like a very, you know, it's a gay community center, essentially. You know what I mean? They're, They're there and they know each other and this guy was part of that community. So, I think you're right, Joe. You definitely could be onto something there. Um. Um, the other thing I do feel is that everything in this case was self-inflected, meaning I think he ostracized himself and just was stewing and stewing and stewing. Maybe. I mean, that's conjecture. That is something that we talk about, though, I think, um, in a lot of these cases. Again, these lone wolf things, lone wolf style attacks that are becoming the norm because you look at 9-11 attacks that cost more and are tougher to coordinate. These lone wolf ones are pretty easy. You just kind of put the the propaganda out there and you attract vulnerable people, people mm-hmm. that don't feel like part of a community or could be, like you're saying, he could be part of this gay community if he wanted to be, but something was off with him or he couldn't commit himself to doing that or he wasn't gay, who knows? But right, I mean, th- these are the people that are vulnerable, people that do not feel like they're connected to the society in general. You mm-hmm. know? Because the other thing too is if we want to, say this is, this was religious-based, as some have been inclined to do. Yeah. It's the holy month of Ramadan. Right. Well, his dad gets it. We, I have a, to hold that thought, oh, because okay. the dad gets into that, and we could, we could talk about that. Um, these are some of the things. So, okay, so that's sort of the background of what goes on. We speculate a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're gonna. I have more clips and more reaction and things like this, but I want to bring up some of these stats because again i think some of the stuff gets lost in the shuffle because with the media narrative and everything certain things catch fire and that's what we end up talking about like for example i was we were at uh race wars last night there's tvs on there Mm -hmm. msnbc fox news cnn and on cnn the 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 chiron the little thing at the bottom was like new footage emerges you call that a ticker a tick well no the ticker crawls the chiron is like dr steven blah 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 you know semantics well, uh-huh. it's literally just the proper term. Um, point being, on CNN, they have, you know, new footage emerges of the shooter. Like, wh- who cares? Like, wh- that's irrelevant at this point. Well, like, it's sensational. There's no reason to be including that. Who needs to watch footage of this guy before he did any of the shit? It's irrelevant. Unless, unless you have him, um, like hooking up at a gay club or something. Maybe that's more yeah, it's relevant. not important. It, it doesn't matter that that's a distraction from what the real conversation is. Now it's just this sensationalism, this, uh, you know, it, it takes the conversation in the wrong direction. Point being, I have a few things here that I think should be part of the conversation. The Orlando massacre was one of 43 shootings that took place on Sunday. Oh, 18 dead, 41 injured, including five children killed across Brooklyn, New Orleans, Little Rock, Lancaster, Albuquerque, Memphis, and Chicago. And the Emanuel AME church shooting in Charleston 
one year ago, June 17th, which is actually the day that this episode comes out. So it's almost a year to the day, you know, give or take. It's yeah. about a week um, of another horrific shooting that takes place. Lone wolf style, domestic terrorism type of stuff. And shootings are taking place all over the country all the time. This was just the worst one. Yeah. That's why people are talking about it. But it's it's one of 43 shootings. That's a that's a serious problem, and that's the conversation that needs to be had. The Democrats, to their credit, uh, led by oh Jesus, what's his name? I can't. Chris Murphy mm-hmm. uh, last night filibuster filibustered trying to be like, look, this has to happen. We have to pass some gun laws because people are just getting murdered all across this country, and it's insane. We're the mm-hmm. only country that's allowing this. Um, terrorists in the U.S. Joey are using guns more now than ever. Between 20, uh, 2002 and 2014, 85% of people killed by terrorists in the U.S. were killed using guns. Every attack last year in which someone other than the perpetrator was killed involved guns. Mm. Um, I have a quote from Jeffrey Simon here that I'd like to read. He is a UCLA political science lecturer and author, also wrote the book Lone Wolf Terrorism, Understanding the Growing Threat. He says, Guns are easier for terrorists to work with than explosives and are less likely to result in a terrorist operation being compromised. That's per- particularly appealing uh, to lone wolves. We'll see more of that in the U.S. Why, right? Why would we see more of that in the U.S.? Copycats. Well, copycats, but it's the prolif- proliferation of guns. It's the availability of guns. We said this guy was on a fucking... He was questioned for possible terrorist ties by the FBI. But yet he didn't get And he gun. was legally allowed to purchase these guns a week before he decided to go murder everybody there. That's a problem. And the conversation is very frustrating. I have an NRA quote, obviously, that we'll get into. The conversation about the Second Amendment is so fucking frustrating in this country. No, we're not trying to take your guns away. We're just saying you shouldn't be able to have like military-style weaponry in the country limiting the amount of like the type of guns you have is not taking your guns away. You can still have a gun. Nobody's saying you can. And once again, I know it's sort of a cliche argument, but it's a legitimate argument. When they said the founding fathers, when they wrote it in there, you know, you can have, you have the right to bear arms. Mm -hmm. They didn't have automatic weapons. They had very primitive guns. Yeah. One bullet at a time. So as far as I'm concerned, if you want to take the constitution extremely literally, or you want to, you know, say, no, the founding fathers intended, then use the gun they intended you to use. Because I doubt that they anticipated that you'd be selling the AR-15. The guy that created the AR-15 for the military, Mm -hmm. shocked that this is something that's being sold. (laughs) He didn't intend for that to be the case. Well, the, the other thing that's a scary thought is you can go online. Uh, let's say, Americans gun and uh, you go there and you can what, search. What is, what is this? What is this? A website? Yes. What is it? I I, th- I think I was on AmericanGuns.com. Dot com. Okay. Whatever it may be. We do not endorse American guns. No, 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 not at all. And apparently the gun he used was an SIG MCX. Yeah, I don't know. See, that's the thing. See, it doesn't, but let me say this. Yes. So you you throw out those letters, whatever. Doesn't make a difference. There's a big percentage of this country that just got a fucking real hard boner when you said that like there's people that are into guns in a way that i did will never understand it's not something that i'm into um but that's a problem too this like weirdo like gun culture i don't i don't understand it well here's the thing i i, I thought i picked out the right gun uh-huh. i looked at it again apparently it's not but what what are you talking about but here's the gun right i have a picture showing chris the gun 1700 yeah 
That's all it takes to get a weapon of mass destruction is $1,700. Right. Oh, oh, please. Right. I mean, and that's new, right? I mean, you can, I'm sure you go to a gun show, you can probably work out a fucking deal with somebody. It's not, you know, and it's the not that hard. Description of this gun is about from the ground up to be silenced, light, and shot. A breakthrough in gunnery. Yeah. I mean, right. I'm sure it's a wonderful gun, but I don't think any idiot off the street. Should be able to get it. I have. A, I'm hiding intentionally a little more about um, Mateen that we're going to get into. Why he was able to purchase this type of weaponry, you know, and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, why he should he should not be able to purchase that. I don't think anybody should. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Omar Mateen, like we said, was supposedly regularly spotted at Pulse nightclub as well as on gay dating apps like Jacked, J A C K apostrophe D, which. I bet you could get it real good on Jacked. I'm just guessing. I don't know. I'm not on there, but... I've never even heard of that one Me before. neither. He was also on Adam 4, the number four Adam. Okay. And Grinder, which, of course, is like... Yeah, everybody the, knows That's Grindr. like the famous uh, gay dating app. Um, meanwhile, this is where it gets interesting. Oh, I do... Actually, hold on. Wait. I, I had something out of order here. All right. Go ahead, Jay. Sorry. Well, see, because the other thing that comes to mind oh, is, is uh, he had two wives and then a kid from the second... We're about to get into that. Yeah, okay. Ty Smith, who's a frequent Pulse patron, says sometimes he would go over in the corner and sit and drink by himself, and other times he would get so drunk he was loud and belligerent. James Van Horn, another person that frequents um, Pulse, says sometimes he would be there for a few weeks at a time, and maybe on the weekends, and then you wouldn't see him for a little while. Then you'd see him again. That's the way it kind of went. So this guy was either... Now, I take this one of two ways. He's either going there because he likes being there. And like you're saying, he, you know, wasn't coming to terms with the fact that maybe he's gay and this is like the environment he wants to be in, or he's going there because he's scouting the fucking place out like a nut. And, you know, you maybe never know that, but see, it, it seems to me it's not really scouting because he's been going too many times. I, I don't feel mm, sure that one would need to go every couple of weeks to scout out where the bathroom is. Well, here's, here's the thing. Okay. Right. Potentially. Yes. Maybe he, right. He's quote scouting it out, but he's going there because he wants to, he's like checking out dudes and he's into it. Or he was really scouting it out because let's be honest. I mean, I'm not trying to say it maybe in the way that it's going to come out. He did a good job scouting. Obviously he inflicted a lot of damage. You know what I mean? So I don't know. And I'm not saying it was good that he did it. My, you you understand what I'm saying? He was Mm -hmm. effective at the fucking terrible thing he was trying to do. Um, meanwhile, like you said, Mateen's wife, Noor Salman Mateen is potentially facing criminal charges as there was suspicion that she knew, um, what her husband was planning to do or supposedly, you know, maybe not specifically what he was going to do, but she had some inkling about it. She was with him when he bought ammunition and a holster. She also drove him to pulse on an occasion so he could scout it out. Allegedly, uh, Mateen's ex-wife, Satora Yousafi says that he was abusive during their four-month marriage, and I have some quotes here. Um, The first wife, the ex-wife, says, he started abusing me physically very often and not allowing me to speak to my family, keeping me hostage from them, which it's a fucking warning sign. Um, And then I also have a quote from two quotes. Samar Kakab, I guess how you pronounce it. She's the former director of the Ohio Alliance to End Sexual Violence. And this this is what's interesting. At this point... 
it's clear that there is some correlation between domestic violence and mass shooters, and we have statistics that show it. People who experience a loss of control in the home often try and express their anger about that loss of control against society on a larger scale. We don't know the precise reasons why people become mass shooters, whether they have mental illness, control issues, or if they're radicalized. But we do what we do know is that willingness to do violence in the home is a good indicator that they are willing to do violence outside the home. Domestic violence advocates have been screaming about related issues for years, but policymakers don't listen. Issues of violence in the home don't stop in the home. They snowball and affect society at large. So here's an idea. Mm-hmm. Besides of banning people that are on FBI watch lists, maybe people that have been... Um, not indicted, but like if there's been warning signs of domestic abuse, well, maybe the it should have been be called or they've been convicted yeah. of something or whatever. Maybe yeah. it should be a little bit rather harder for someone who has committed domestic abuse to purchase an assault rifle. Uh, sure. I mean, again, these things at least certainly should be on the table. The, the thing is, if we're willing to take away, if you go to jail, forget when we were listening to this. I was in the car with my dad and he was listening to some, you know, conservative radio, mm-hmm. which I... It's one of my favorite things in the world is to drive around my dad when he's listening to conservative radio and just be like, what are they talking about? This He's like, shut up. Let them finish. Uh, but they were talking about how it was crazy that California was thinking about letting convicted felons like in jail vote. And I was like, why? I get, I understand the argument against it, but they're going to get out eventually. Why would that be crazy that they should have some kind of say in how the government works? If we're willing to take people's right, right to vote away, which is like what the whole goddamn thing is founded on, the whole idea that you can like participate in the democracy and be a part of it. Um, if we're that willing to take away their right to vote, if you've been arrested, you know, if you've been to jail, mm-hmm. um, yeah, w- but we're, we're, we're not okay with taking away the gun of somebody that maybe has been violent to a spouse or whatever. Like, you're absolutely right. What, what is the, I don't understand what the problem is. If we're willing to do that, this should be a goddamn no-brainer. See, because here's the other thing. For the, lo- for the love of God, it's 2016. Yeah. Why can't we just keep, like, if you know, like, it should be a centralized system where if you did domestic violence or you're watched by the FBI, a red flag comes up and says, you cannot purchase a gun. Yeah, ever. Like, you're just not allowed to. That should be for anybody. Right. It, it, it just makes, it just, you're right. It just makes common, it's common sense that we wouldn't allow somebody that's been violent to someone not to own a gun. That's all. Nope, you forfeited the right to have a gun. Be- because I'm not preventing any law-abiding citizen that has been law-abiding from picking up a gun. Right. I'm just preventing somebody who has a history already. Yeah, that you've shown is a known. tendency for violence, right? And at the very least, you're you're saving potentially one person's life, his wife or the husband, whatever, you know? Um, Amaranth Amarasingham, <laughs> so I'm going to pronounce that name, uh, who's a radicalization researcher with George Washington University's program on extremism, says, law enforcement and most terrorism scholars, for that matter, don't use domestic violence as a risk factor for radicalization. The main problem is that it is not entirely clear what it would be an indicator for. Many many individuals who are violent domestically never get radicalized, and many who are radicalized are either single or come from normal families. Okay, but still, I think just in the general... That's fine. I understand that there isn't necessarily 
a direct link between domestic violence, but you're already showing the tendency to be violent. And why give you something that can actually kill someone other than the fucking hands, you know, that God gave you, you know? Here's my question. How do we even know he was radicalized just because he happened to make a few 911 calls claiming that he that he's doing it for ISIS that makes him radicalized? Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything specific about... Um, I lost my train of thought. Like, I don't know if there's anything more specific than that. I guess I think he did though, like go online. I think there was some, there's some evidence that he was at least paying attention to like the ISIS propaganda type of thing. But once again, this guy's not, he doesn't have an ISIS business card. It's absurd. Yeah. You know, I, we talked about it last week I, or a couple of weeks ago. ISIS is, is at, busy right now fighting in Fallujah. Like that's a legitimate thing that they're doing. Yeah. You know? They're busy. At they, the they're not really, I don't think sitting around trying to plan attacks. Although God knows they probably have a few, you know, different divisions of people working on things, but yeah, you know, okay. A cohort. This, this is where it even gets crazier. Okay. Oh, you know what? Why don't we play his dad? Let's play his dad's clip real okay. quick before we get into this next part. Cause the, the next part, I think we're going to want to talk about for a minute. So this is Sadiq Mateen. He gave a statement. Now it's in, um, you know, there's subtitles, so I'll, I'll read the subtitles okay. along, but, uh, this is the, the shooter's dad talking about this incident. And I think it, it's a little telling, you know, as, as you listen to the dad talk about what, maybe what went on here. All right, he says, he worked at a company. Well, okay, so I didn't realize that the dad started this conversation. Let, let me let me say this next part, and then we'll play the video. Okay. Omar Bertin was employed by a giant global contracting corporation that provides mercenary forces, prison guards, and security devices uh, called GS4. They employ 620,000 people. They're one of the world's largest private security companies in over 100 countries. Hmm. Despite what, now that alone, no background checks here. We don't, we're not checking in on the people that we're hiring to be mercenaries or security guard. No, we don't. No, because I think it takes a certain skill set that they might be willing to overlook, I guess. I potentially, I don't know, but I'm just saying it seems, uh, it seems like a big enough company to be able to keep, keep tabs on some people. Despite warning signs, this is where it gets insane. Mm-hmm. Despite warning signs at work and an FBI, FBI investigation in 2013 over suspected involvement in terror, GS4 continued to employ him and he was able to obtain a quote security officer license to buy firearms. A coworker who quit his job at GS4 because of Omar Mateen said he saw it coming. He talked about quote, he talked about killing people all the time and that he was quote always angry sweating just angry at the world he quote complained multiple times to g4 uh g4s oh i have it written a couple of different ways can you just google gs4 g4s Mm -hmm. uh he complained multiple times to g4s because mateen didn't like quote blacks women lesbians and jews they kept him employed and they gave him an officer license on top of that that's a nice little website they got here. Oh, you're at the website? G4S, USA. It's G4S. Okay, so I was saying GS4, excuse me. I mean G4S. But thoughts on that? I mean, he's working for a company that provides security, is a mercenary firm, prison guards. This is who you'd want there, the guy that hates blacks and Jews and lesbians. Like, 
He was always angry and talked about killing people all the time. When I read that quote, I was like, well, that seems to me like uh, revoke his license. Mm-hmm. And he probably doesn't get to be a security guard anymore. Seems like not the right guy to, to be involved in this situation. No, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, let's listen to the dad talk about this now. He worked at a company. I don't know what made him do this. I have no idea. I had no idea that he felt resentful in his heart. That Can that be true? If the co-worker that's around this guy all the time is like, he's always talking about killing people. He fucking hates gays. He's sweating constantly. He's just so angry. The dad has no idea. He's baffled by this. I'm not saying the dad is responsible for the kid doing it, but like, really, he's stunned. I'm gonna say that he's he's going to give the speech that most men would give about their sons. Well, we after saw an event such as this. Maybe I mean we saw it last week with the um, the Stanford rape thing, which we're gonna get back into again. But it's like the dad, you know, I understand to an extent, a very little extent, that the dad would want to defend his son, mm-hmm. despite you know the horrific thing that he did. This guy's got to be worried you know, they're going to look into him a little bit. I'm not saying that he did anything, but I'm just saying he knows what time it is. Like he, he's got to be very concerned now that the spotlight is going to be firmly on him and the family. And, you Mm -hmm. know, all right. I had no idea that he felt resentful in his heart and had gone to the, and then it has in parentheses derogatory word for gay club. Mm. Um, so who knows what word that is, but okay. So the dad, obviously not crazy about the gays, and killed men and women there. I am very sad, and I've announced this to the American people as well. Why did he do this act during the holy month of Ramadan? Yeah, because otherwise, that's why I said to put it on hold, because I knew he Mm -hmm. said that. Yeah, because otherwise, go for it. No, no, that's not what he said, but it's like, (laughs) oh, yeah. Yeah, during Ramadan, yeah, how fucked up Uh, that he murdered all these gay people during Ramadan. Like, wow. It's just a strange mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. That's where we go. Well, it doesn't really seem like the religion was a factor. It is a little bit. If this guy doesn't like gay people, that's got to be religiously motivated a little bit. And saying the Ram, bring up the Ramadan thing, like, how dare you disgrace Ramadan? That's like being like, oh, Joe, you fucking murdered that kid during Easter. What are you out of your mind? Like, mm-hmm. it's come on, man. Really? It doesn't matter. He shouldn't be bringing up Ramadan. There he is. On the topic of being derogatory word for gay, who knows what he's saying? But, you know, it's like yeah. you can guess. Punishment and the things that they do, God will give the punishment. This is not the issue for a follower of God. And Omar, that he did this, has greatly saddened me. So he's like, listen, God hates fags, okay? It's not our place to go kill them. God will. I mean, God rightfully hates them, but yeah, it's God not will my judge problem. Them, so. Yeah, it's like you know what that type of, and that's across a lot of you know Christianity, Islam. Apparently, like that's out there. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's like it's a fun community, the gay community. How dare you? And even if it's not, even if it's an annoying community, like uh, maybe the community that this asshole comes from or the ISIS community. It is what it is. You know what I mean? It's like they're, they're living their lives. Like, it's not your place to go murder anybody. It, it don't You don't take it into your own hands. I guess ISIS isn't the best example, but you know, you yes. know what I mean? Like, well, because the other thing that's interesting that has been said by a few people is the interesting thing was the name of the club, Pulse. Like, everybody has a pulse. 
Oh, I, I was imagining that it was like, um, whatever. I was going to say something about dicks. I don't know. No. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Go but for yeah. a dick joke. No, but you yeah. know, Pulse Club. It's like, I don't know, whatever. It's, it's like... Uh, if but it's the, not your thing, don't go there. Just stay away from it. Yeah, but the whole point is we're human beings together on this little no, rock. I, I completely agree. I mean, I wrote some notes like on my phone during the week, which I didn't even, you know, I didn't write down on the rundown here. But that's the thing, man. It's like we, all of these religions, let's just admit that they're not compatible because they can't be. Because on a certain level, you're Christian, you're Muslim. You, you if you're really a believer of it, you believe that all the other ones are wrong. So l- let's stop saying like, they're all, we can all be, have our own religions. No, we can't. But what we can do, because it just doesn't make sense, what we can do is be together as human beings. We don't know where we were before we got here. We don't know where we're going after. We can get together as humanity and enjoy each other and maybe not like each other or whatever, but we can be together as people. It, it's, not, it's, not, it's not that the religions need to come together. That's not the case. We just need less divisions is really mm. what the point is. And it really frustrated me to see, I mean, I understand it, but the, a lot of the politicians come out and go pray for Orlando. You, you're saying, let's pray to our imaginary God mm-hmm. after this guy who maybe believed in an imaginary God too much went and killed a bunch of people in, in his that, name. In you know what I mean? Name, yeah. So it's like you're fighting one bad idea with um, a bad idea, but it's okay because we all kind of agree on it. You know what I mean? We all agree. Yeah, there's a God. I have my religion. You have your... No. No. We, we need to be getting away from that idea completely and just understand we don't know what the fuck's going on. What I do know is we're I'm here right now. You're here right now. People in France are here. People in Afghanistan are here. Let's work this out together. And then when we shed the human suit, bon voyage, uh, you know? But like mm-hmm. the religion is is a problem uh, across the board. And again, clearly this is a factor here for the dad, at least he's raised in this environment. This is not the issue for a follower of God. And Omar did this has greatly saddened me. I wanted you to know this. Okay. Well, thank you. Sadiq. Mm. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Thoughts about the dads. I mean, we, we kind of talked about it there a little bit, but again, I I'm just going to go with, he's going to say whatever. Uh, father's going to say about his son who just murdered a bunch of people. Oh, yeah, you're goddamn right. Uh, once again, right. He's got to be fair. He's like, I want you to know I don't think this is a good idea. It was Ramadan. It's terrible to kill uh-huh. people during Ramadan. Like, okay. Got some... I think we're doing a good job breaking it down. We're going to go to the political front. Well, I honestly don't think we spent enough time on the wife. Go ahead. Bring up whatever you'd like. That's fine. We because can go back I a little th- bit. This is like, my, as I broke it down, it's like this is like the family kind of environment, you know, segment. So go ahead. Because... If you go with him and you see him buying ammunition and he's not a hunter, what do you think he's doing? Well, okay. Look, I'm not defend I'm not defending the wife. I'll say this. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll go we'll go through it. She is if the first wife is being abused and being held hostage and he doesn't want her to see her family. Mm-hmm logically you would assume it's not just because he didn't like her. It's because that's the person that he, you know what I mean? Yes. Like he's going to be doing it to the, to the current wife. So without giving her an excuse, cause I'm not giving her an excuse. She's probably fearful of this guy mm-hmm. to an extent, right? I mean, this guy's obvious running around talking about wanting to kill people. He hates everybody. He's sweating all the time. He's a nut. She does have guns. She, she knows that she's on buy a holster. She's been involved. So she's afraid of him. So she, he has a level of control over her 
And I can understand, we've seen it in other circumstances, Stockholm Syndrome, things like this, where even if she doesn't want to go along with it, um, she's probably feels a, a bit like a captive mm. with this guy. And so if he's like, I'm going to buy ammunition, drive me to the gay club, I got to scout some shit out, she's probably way more likely to go along with it than somebody that is not trapped in their circumstance. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there's other factors. That being said... Yeah, man, she did go along with it, and that's unfortunate. And they'll have to talk to her about it and really get to the bottom of it. But yeah, she's going to be in trouble for this, and she should be. I mean, what what do you do? Can you just excuse her because he he was I mean, that? I guess that it's it's similar when it comes to sentencing. But like, she fucking took this. She was an accomplice in this thing to an extent, uh-huh. you know. And there's laws again. There's laws that she's going to have to to deal with. Yeah, it just. Evil wins when a good person does nothing. Yeah, uh, yes, it's very. I can. Pl- I completely understand, and and that. But that's the thing, though. It's it's that's. A, it's very easy to say stuff like that in the abstract. You don't know what her state of mind is, what her situation was. But but right, there was a whole the day, week. From what I understand, there was a whole week from when he bought the guns. Yeah, I don't. You know, that's the thing. I didn't read a ton about the mm-hmm. the wife's story, but because it's good, that's obviously going to be coming out. Um. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, look at the look at the Jerry Sandusky thing. The guy that yes, the from Penn State that molested all those kids. He was molesting those kids at the house. The wife was there. She claimed she didn't know what was going on. Whatever. Um, is that true? Is that possible? Is it possible this woman really didn't know what was going on, or is it? You know, it's you do know, but it's so fucking abhorrent and so crazy or whatever. You're so uh, in, involved in that bubble situation. Then what are you going to do? On top of that, it, based on the dad's comments, he seems fairly religious. And again, when I'm saying the religion that we're dealing with is the Muslim religion, but it could easily be Christianity. It could be anything. It seems yes. like he's very religious. This kid supposedly seems like he's, you know, pledged allegiance to ISIS. He's got these radical Islamic ideas. Um, there's a hierarchy of men are more powerful than women in these religions. Yes. In Islam, to a lesser extent in Christianity, but it's a, you know, that's a, that's a thing in religions. So who was she even going to, maybe she didn't even feel comfortable going to anybody to, to mention it to anybody. Yes, of course she could have gone to the police, but what if she goes to, you know, I'm just trying to think about yeah. her thought process. The possibility exists that she's a nut too. And she wanted it to happen. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Right. But outside of that, what if she goes to the police says, ah, this guy might, I don't know. I think he's going to go shoot up the club. Nothing happens. They 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 come. They investigate. They can't prove anything. Now she's put herself in a situation where the crazy guy that knows that she yeah. So you know it's like so okay. So I understand her maybe looking out for her own well being. Problem is she didn't do anything, and fifty people and fifty three people were injured. Fifty people got killed. Fifty three people got injured, and now she's in a world of trouble. Which rightfully so. I understand there could be extenuating circumstances. There is all I'm Mm -hmm. trying to say. But she's going to be in trouble, and she should be in trouble. Um for political reaction, both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump called for more ISIS bombings in the wake of the Orlando shooting. Um, even though ISIS is tangentially involved, if at all, Donald Trump was on Fox and friends on Monday. And he said, we have generals that we feel we can win this thing so fast and so strong, but we have to be furious for a short period of time and we're not doing it. Uh, he was asked, are you saying hit Raqqa right now? Raqqa is like one of the strongholds mm-hmm. for ISIS. And he goes, we're going to have to start thinking about something. Okay. Donald Trump, 
Yeah, we need to start thinking about that. We could go so fast, so hard. We could we could kill the Yeah, okay. Hillary Clinton says we should we should keep the pressure on ramping up the air campaign. Both keep in mind, mm-hmm. we've been talking about this the whole way, and when you see stuff like this happen, this is where you really get to know the candidates because this is not something that they can reasonably spin. They have to actually get It is what it is. Bernie, I doubt would come out in the wake of this and be like, we need to, we need to increase the bombings on, like, he's not going to do that. Both people that you have the choice, the both main candidates are like, yeah, we got to bomb them more. Mm-hmm. Trump saying we can go in, I guess, and bomb them a lot, drop a nuclear, but who knows what he's talking about. But Hillary, the likely winner of this thing and the, the Democrat, the liberal, the progressive is like, yeah, we got to step up the air campaign. Why? I don't know, because clearly this guy didn't come from the Middle East at all. He's from he's born you know he's born in New York and he he's in Florida. He had nothing to do with that. It's the same question I asked with the whole Belgium. Why are we bombing Belgium if that's where these parachutes are coming from? No, we're gonna go b- drop bombs in the Middle East. But all the problems are coming from Europe and this guy came from fucking Florida. You don't understand. Being progressive means you bomb more. That's all progressive means. You think? Yeah. Okay. Um, I also have. A couple of clips from Obama's response to the GOP and Trump, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Hillary also did to her, you know, credit, but what else is she going to do? She said, common sense gun safety reform is something we're looking for. And she said, we can't fall into the trap set by the gun lobby that says if you cannot stop every shooting, you shouldn't try to stop any shooting. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump at real Donald Trump on Twitter said, appreciate the congrats for being right on radical Islamic terrorism. I don't want congrats. I want toughness and vigilance. We must be smart. Great. Yeah, this tweet, I don't actually understand what well, the let's hell he's talking down. about. We can break it down. Well, what do you mean? Well, he oh, he's just throwing around the word radicalized Islam. Yes, Islamic, and that's right? that's and that's part of what Obama's, the, the clip that we're going to play, because that's, again, that's the Republican handbook. Trump's this different guy. He's this like renegade guy that comes out of nowhere. Yeah, okay. Everything he does is just a ramped up version of what regular Republican orthodoxy is and using the phrase radical Islamic terrorism and complaining that liberals don't because they don't want to hurt Muslims' feelings. That's the playbook. And Trump is playing that playbook. He's just doing it in a more egregious way because he's a scumbag and Mm -hmm. he's, you know, not qualified. He also went on to say, Obama doesn't get it. This is what's, this is, and the clip I'm going to play of Obama I like because Obama's, pissed obviously Mm -hmm. like it's one of those where obama wishes he could just be like fuck off fuck you like you know this is insane trump goes obama doesn't get it or he gets it better than anybody understands it's one or the other and either one is unacceptable i'm getting thousands of letters and tweet you're not getting any letters no he's not getting thousands of letters (laughs) where's he getting these letters are you crazy he gave out his address to 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 uh, trump land nobody is sending donald trump letter most of the people that are going to support him are probably illiterate they're not going to write a letter (laughs) it's insane uh i'm getting thousands of letters and tweets that i was right about the whole situation i don't want congratulations what i want them to do is to be tough and vigilant our government we are led by a man who is either not tough not smart or he has something else in mind and the something else in mind people can't believe it what is trump implying by those statements joey and then we're going to play the obama clip that uh obama has tricked everyone uh-huh and he's behind every shooting that has ever occurred in this country. Well, what he's implying uh, when he goes, um, 
Obama doesn't get it or he gets it better than anybody understands. Or he has something else in mind. He's saying Obama... He's a secret double agent. Yeah, that he's somehow tied up with the terrorists themselves uh-huh. and that he's like working with... I- it's an insane implication. Um, only the dumbest amongst us would hear that and be like, damn right. It's, cr- it's silly. Yes. I mean, even people that in no way, shape, or form are Democrats or would support Hillary Clinton, they're not going to hear that and, and think... Yeah, Obama's right. Obama's ISIS. Like it's just it's a it's a it's a it's a nonsense thing to say, and it's it's insane that we have a guy running. He is the nominee of the Republican Party. Yes, that that's that's something that he would that he would say because it's just it's just nonsense. You know, I mean, it's it, it, it it's not even like normal political rhetoric. I mean, it's just saying something so outlandish. Yeah, just so outlet. Like, no, the president of the United States is not an ISIS supporter <laughs> just i mean like there's no other way the you fact can't, you even have to say that is ridiculous well right but that's what he's willing to imply because i guess there's a certain percentage of people that would support him that go like yeah but i i, I, I just don't it's just crazy so this is obama's response to the gop calling for him to say islamic radical mm-hmm. you know islamic radicals or whatever and uh, he's responding to Trump, uh, at least in part here. So this is Barack Obama, like yesterday or the day before. And let me make a final point. For a while now, the main contribution of some of my friends on the other side of the aisle have made in the fight against ISIL is to criticize this administration and me for not using the phrase radical Islam. That's the key, they tell us. We can't beat ISIL unless we call them radical Islamists. What exactly would using this label accomplish? What exactly would it change? Would it make ISIL less committed to trying to kill Americans? Would it bring in more allies? Is there a military strategy? that is served by this? The answer is none of the above. This isn't the part where he's angry, obviously. Mm -hmm. He's going to get angry a little bit later. A threat by a different name does not make it go away. This is is a political distraction. All right, so he's saying it's a political distract. Um, I we talked about this a little a little bit a while ago, where we mm-hmm. we said framing terrorism as a crime versus a act of war. Yes, I think the terminology matters in this. Like he's saying, it, he understands who is causing the problem here, but calling it radical Islamic terrorism or whatever you know whatever the phrase is is just going to make people feel isolated. I mean, I, I do understand that. You don't, you don't think behind closed doors they they say that, that they know that it is a sort of a perversion of Islam that's causing the problem, at least to an extent? Mm-hmm. He, he understands that. It's just not something you need to go out and say in public all the time because you're demonizing people and there's dumb fucking people in this country that you know are going to misinterpret that and they're going to go after anybody who's Muslim. That has nothing to do with it, but, you know? <laughs> Hasn't Donald Trump won this argument, though? Because he got him to say it by default. Well... Well, it doesn't work like that. I don't know if it works like that. I mean, this is Obama about to talk about Trump. So let's see what Obama mm-hmm. said. You tell me who wins the argument here. 
But we are now seeing how dangerous this kind of mindset and this kind of thinking can be. We're starting to see where this kind of rhetoric and loose talk and sloppiness about who exactly we're fighting, where this can lead us. Uh, that's a very telling thing about Obama and about his um, his mindset, like his character. He goes loose talk and sloppiness. Like when he sees somebody like Trump or he sees some of this like bullshit coming out of mm-hmm. the right and even his own party, it must just like he's he's cool as a cucumber for the most part. But like seeing that when he calls he calls you sloppy, it's just like shape up, you fucking not professional. Like I'm a two time president of the United States, first two black time. president. I'm I'm so smart. My, like it, he might, it must drive him insane to see something like this happen because it's just it's embarrassing. And he's he people can talk all the shit they want about Obama. I have my gripes with him. That's not what I'm talking about. But as as a politician, as somebody that represents the country, this guy's not going to embarrass us that way. And it, it's embarrassing for him, I'm sure, <laughs> to see somebody be sloppy. Like it's just an interesting <laughs> insight into the guy. You know, the man Obama. You know, we now have proposals from the presumptive. Republican nominee for President of the United States to bar all Muslims from emigrating to America. We hear language that singles out immigrants and suggests entire religious communities are complicit in violence. Where does this stop? The Orlando killer, one of the San Bernardino killers, the Fort Hood killer, they were all U.S. citizens. Are we going to start treating all Muslim Americans differently? Are we going to start subjecting them to special surveillance? Hell no, we're not. We're just going to surveil all Americans all the time like we always do, but they're not going to get any more surveillance than any other American. Are we going to start discriminating against them because of their faith? We've heard these suggestions during uh, the course of this campaign. How would you logically do that because of their faith? So that means that you would make everyone register their religion? Well, you just start surveilling mosques. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, if you really want to do it, you find Islamic cultural centers, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, you just start spying. And then you spying use the uh, facial recognition and, and yeah. then you find everybody on Facebook and you can know what everyone's up to all the time. Right. That's all. I mean, that's how you do it. I mean, the FBI, the New York, the NYPD had a, a surveillance program set up around mosques and imams and they were following people around. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I mean, freest country on earth. Yeah. And it's not, and here's the thing, you don't need a blanket thing. You, if, if you think somebody is maybe being a terrorist or they have ties to, I, follow them. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. But go through the proper channels. Actually have some fucking proof. Don't just blanket dragnet everybody and, and you know, like, again, that's the problem. You retain so much information that none of it, it, there's too much. You can't sift through it. There's nothing to target. You know what it kind of could be like? You ever seen M- Minority Report? Yeah, the the one with the pre cards yeah, yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what if they just set up a system where if you buy a gun, it just kind of taps into whatever like other case files that if you were arrested, it would just come up. Well, yeah. I mean, look. I'm sure. Again, the smart guns thing is the right way to do it. Where it's yeah. got your fingerprint, so it's your gun. Nobody else is going to use it. And yeah, of course, you register the gun that way. Like, 
it makes perfect sense. Let Obama finish up here because we'll wrap up in a second. Do Republican officials actually agree with this? I like that too, where he goes, do a Republican, like, hey, yes. Yes, fuckheads, you, you're all supporting Trump. You think he's deplorable, but none of you will stop voting for him. Step out against him. By not coming against Trump, you support him. Yeah, de by default, you do, yes. absolutely. And not even by default. A lot of them have, like, Paul Ryan is going to vote for him. Yes. Because that's not the America we want. It doesn't reflect our democratic ideals. It won't make us more safe. It will make us less safe. Fueling ISIL's notion that the West hates Muslims. Making young Muslims in this country and around the world feel like no matter what they do, they're going to be under suspicion and under attack. It makes Muslim Americans feel like their government is betraying them. It betrays the very values America stands for. We've gone through moments in our history before when we acted out of fear, and we came to regret it. All right. So, I mean, he, a long set of remarks there yes. by the president, but okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the right response. I think he certainly has to say that, but I think he's right. We're, we are acting out of fear and that's what Trump is stoking. I mean, he's trying to get all kinds of support through fear. The politics of fear is, has worked or whatever. That was one of the titles of one of our episodes. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, I got an NRA quote. And then we'll close up this segment. We'll maybe we'll take a little break. Uh, Does it have anything to do with them making more money? Well, Chris W. Cox is an NRA lobbying director. He says they are desperate to create, referring to uh, Obama's administration, uh -huh. they are desperate to create the illusion that they're doing something to protect us because their policies can't and won't keep us safe. This transparent head fake should scare every American because it will do nothing to prevent the next attack. Talking about, you know, gun reform. Uh, that's not true. If there's no guns around, it will prevent, at least mitigate the damage of an attack, if not completely prevent an attack. Yes. But, okay. Um, let's wrap up this segment in nice news related to this. Uh -huh. A couple of Chick-fil-A's, if you, you know, two, at least two, yes. uh, opened up on Sunday, which they usually don't because they're owned by, uh, you know, Christian or whatever. They don't open on Sunday. Uh, two of them opened on Sunday to make food for victims and volunteers, which is nice, especially considering the fact that, like, the head of the guy that started Chick-fil-A, like, funded Prop 8 against gay marriage mm. and whatever. So that's nice, a couple of people that owned, a, you know, Chick-fil-A's in Florida, which is delicious, by the way, mm -hmm. um, you know, decided to open up and help the gay community that, you know, they've suffered the a huge been, loss. Yeah, so that, that, that's a nice thing. Final thoughts on this show? Shit's got to change. In... As far as what the guns, certainly. Yes, right? I mean, that's definitely the guns. Yeah. And I feel that maybe if, like, certain individuals saw his behavior, and maybe if there was some place to get him help or some other direction that we could have gone, maybe this could have been prevented. Because one has to think himself, why does this man have so much hatred in him? Right. But maybe it's not your place to question another man's beliefs. Well, I mean, but again, see, but here's the thing. 
the beliefs thing is what it comes back to for me. I mean, yes, ban military style weapons, high caliber weapon. It's absurd. If you want a handgun or something to protect your family, six shots or whatever it is. I, I don't know much about guns, honestly, but like you need like the minimal amount of, you need just a regular gun. If you want to protect your family, you don't need you a clip have, of 30 or 50. No, you don't need that. You know, and, and you don't need, you know, if you're going to go hunting, fine. It's uh, other stuff, you know, things will be worked out, but you don't need AR 50. You don't need these military style weapons. It's absurd. When you go, you can't question another man's beliefs. Fine, as long as those beliefs are not impacting anybody other than you. If mm. you go, if you have a community and these are your beliefs and you want to have those beliefs within your community and you're not being violent to the outside world or whatever, have at it. The problem is when your belief in something that is unprovable. And again, I'm not somebody that's saying you can't have a personal faith or that there that you're not even right. Maybe you are. Who knows? I don't know what the right you know. Maybe Muhammad or whatever, that's right. Maybe Jesus is coming back. I don't know. Point being, nobody knows. You just believe it. You have faith in it. Fine, that's your thing. But your right to have that faith is my right to not be affected by it or not have one myself. So they go hand in hand. This guy, to an extent, maybe he would have done this no matter what situation he was in. Like you said, he could have had homosexual tendencies or he is gay himself. Um, you know, and clearly the, the, the environment that he was in was not going to be supportive of that. And he lashed out in probably the worst way that, you know, a person could lash out. Um, we'll see what happens. See, because you know? see, because the other thing too, which like I would amise that if someone hated themselves as much as he seemed to have hated himself, yeah. Why didn't he just take the easy way out and shoot himself? Well, I mean, it's suicide by cop to an extent. I mean, he, he know, he's got to know if he goes to this place and does this, he's going to get killed at some yeah. point. Um, again, I mean, that's a... But uh, like, well, because here's the thing. Hating yourself or you could be so delusional about your 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 own well-being and, and how you actually are that you don't even realize that the thing you're doing is because of your own you know like you can be so twisted up that you don't even understand the actions that you're taking yourself you're just doing them and you can convince yourself like oh these i gotta do this for isis or whatever you can convince yourself of a lot of different things maybe mm -hmm. he wasn't even self-aware enough to realize that he, he, was he doing you know it. what i mean it's like you, you never know yeah. and you're not gonna know because he's dead now and um so were, you know, 50 people in Florida that didn't do anything but go to have a good time at, at their favorite place. So At Latino night. Was it Latino night? I, I think it was Latin dancing Okay, night. well, yeah. So, okay, so right. So people are just going to dance and have, have a good time yeah. there. But um, anyway, I mean, you know, it's a tragic situation. I think we broke it down um, in detail here. Yes. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Stanford rape case again, and we'll close up with a 2016 update. Hey, this is Damian Lemon from In The Conversation. And this is the voice of your choice, Ali Muhammad. And alongside with Vladimir Kamanyo, we present In The Conversation, the podcast. Yeah. If you like shit talk on a professional level, you all love In The Conversation. That's right. And you can find In The Conversation on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you go to listen to podcasts. Even if you listen through someone else's door. That's creepy, but we appreciate the support. And we at ya. Peace. Hey guys, this is Chris, one of the producers here at Stand Up New York Labs, and I'm telling you to go check out our Instagram page, at Stand Up NY Labs. 
We're having a great time taking pictures of all the comics that come into the studio, recording podcasts, all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. You're missing out if you're not following us. You can see pictures of Jared Freed, Mark Norman, Joe List, Kurt Metzger. Who doesn't need more pictures of Kurt Metzger in their life? Go check out our Instagram page, at StandUpNYLabs. You're going to love it. All right, Joey, you ready to move on a little bit here and get into some other stuff that we had planned out for the week? Yep. Um, I got an email. This is the state. We're going to get into the Stanford rape uh, case. We got a little bit of an update here. I got an email from uh, Connor Hmm. that I want to read because it it filters in. He sent me a couple of links, which I thought were interesting, and we can talk about that as a little bit of an update to this. He says, Sup, boys. Just finished the MSP episode about the Stanford swimmer rape. I don't care if this goes into emails from a hat. Come on, man. (laughs) Uh, I just wanted to share my input on this trending topic. First off, fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, second, after a quick Google, Google search, it appears that every other week for the last three years, there has been a Stanford rape before this kid came along and created this storm. Stanford had 26 rapes on campus in 2012, 2013, and 2014, and the Brock Turner assault happened on January 17th. And I'm going to say it's much higher than that. That's only what was reported. Well, look, I mean, a rape every 14 days, you That's know, ridiculous. is, yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's a, a, obviously a problem. Third, I want to bring to light some of the other NCAA rape verdicts in the last year. There was uh, the Vanderbilt football player who raped someone and got at least 15 years. Hmm. Without a doubt, there are more of these cases available through some careful Google searching. Anyways, hope you and your New Jersey lover are doing okay. Oh, how dare you? Oh, and he spelled you. Jersey with a Z, so I know he's talking about you. you damn right. Uh, he says, still feeling the bird, Connor. Me too, Connor. <laughs> uh, long live the bird. Um yeah, the case that he's talking about, well, I appreciate that because this is like a good, you know, little update to what we're talking about. 19-year-old Corey Beatty, who was a former Vanderbilt football player, who was also found guilty of raping an unconscious woman, was sentenced to 15 to 25 years in prison. Oh, by the way, he's black. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he got 15 minimum. Yes. All right. This kid, Brock Turner, gets you know, six months, who, by the way, is only going to serve three months, it turns out. He's not actually going to be in for the full well, six. You know, it's because he he wasn't white and he didn't do it by a dumpster. He w- is white, you're saying. Oh, Cor- oh, you're saying Corey Beatty didn't get uh, a lenient sentence because yes. he's not white. Yeah. Well, right, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, is there even an argument? I mean, you no. know, well, I like, well, what's the difference? Plus, and not even that I'm, again, I die, I die. I almost shouldn't even say it, but I'm not trying to compare like, oh, it's worse that she got, it's terrible. You get raped. It's terrible. We've talked about it at length. Corey Beatty at least had the decency to bring the chick back to her dorm room. That's where they, that's where he (laughs) raped her unconscious. No. Okay. Like I understand how that sounds, but I'm not afraid to, you know what I mean? Yes. This Brock Turner piece of garbage is just like dragging her like garbage behind the dumpster and doing whatever he wants, like both terrible, no doubt about it. I'm not saying this, but okay. Brock Turner should be getting three months for that. This kid gets 15 years. Mm -hmm. They both should get 15 years then 15 to 25 years. That's, that's how it works. They both did the same crime. Yeah. Okay. Um, more information came out about the judge that I want to read. Yeah. Cause this is, it's a quick update, but I just want to bring this up because it was something we got into like pretty heavily last week. Aaron Persky is the judge who oversaw the case. In a 2011 civil trial stemming from an alleged gang rape by members of the Yonza Community College baseball team, the judge allowed the defense to display photographs of the alleged victim. Um, 
nestling a shot glass full of liquor in her exposed cleavage, and another photo showed the victim making sexually provocative gesture. The thought being... Um, that, that, that this was, this was being allowed to be shown in court to prove that she wasn't suffering from PTSD. And also I would assume that she's kind of a whore to begin with. So like, of course this happened, like this judge is out of his mind, man. It seems like that. Yes. That he, uh, he has an issue with the opposite sex apparently. Well, he doesn't, he just doesn't understand maybe, but he just doesn't understand that like, you know, a, a chick like taking a picture with, with a shot glass between her tits is not the same as her wanting to be gang raped. They're, they're, they're not, they have nothing to do with each other. Correct. Okay. So this, so this judge, clearly there's issues here and hopefully he won't be a judge for, you know, like people complain, well, look, it's the judge's ruling. It is what it is. Fine. Yes. In this case, it is what it is, but it doesn't mean you need this guy to continue to be a judge. No, not at all. And obviously we probably shouldn't. He's got poor judgment. I don't like his judgments. They're bad. And you get to vote for a judge, which I don't think you necessarily should, but this community, it doesn't reflect what this community wants the case to be. So get out of here. What they are working on to, uh, I, I I don't know if, if it's impeachment, but they're trying to have him. Uh, it's recalled, I recalled. guess, or whatever it is, right, and replaced. Yeah, fine, good. I have no, fine. I don't have a problem with that. And obviously the judge's mindset is off in both these cases that we know about. God knows what the hell else his, his judgment is wrong about. Well, because the other thing, too, is a lot of people feel that he was lenient on uh, Turner because of the fact that he himself was a uh, was an athlete, went to Stanford and all that. Oh, sure. I mean, of course that's a factor, right? Bringing that back to the conversation we just had about, you know, people are like, well, it doesn't matter that Islam's involved, whatever. Well, does it not matter that this judge had something to do with it? Although, I mean, here's the thing. The judge is supposed to be able to be N- not biased. You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like he's, he's a judge. He's trained in the idea of like, follow the facts. Fine. So maybe the Stanford, maybe the Stanford thing doesn't, doesn't factor in. I do, however, think that the statements from the friends, the letters that were sent where he was like, you know, from what they're saying, this is a good kid. Yeah, but he ra- he fucking raped this girl. So the, that's the, he's got to punish, be punished for the crime he committed. Not, uh, he's nice most of the time though, mm-hmm. like to his friends. and family. Yeah, of course he's not raping them. Um, we'll see what happens with the judge, but I, but this is something I want to stay on top of because obviously this judge doesn't get what's happening. Do you, do you think I'm off base with the idea of like the judge allowed the picture of the chick with the, the shot glass and, oh, maybe she's making a jerk off motion or something, you know, yeah. who, who knows what she's doing, but who, who hasn't been at a party where people have made, I, there's pictures of me with a shot glass between my tits making a jerk off motion. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, does that mean I want to be gang raped or that it's, oh, no, like you go, all. well, I mean, he's kind of slutty. So <laughs> like, am I off base with this? Th- no. That seems to be the logic there. Yes, it does. Uh, which is insane. And it's also insane to say that he's going to allow that to prove that she's not suffering from PTSD. Oh, really? People that are suffering from PTSD can't, can't go ever, have a drink? ever have fun or seem like they're having fun when, when they're hurting inside. Like, it's illogical. It just seems like this guy doesn't doesn't get what's happening here. And we'll see what happens with the recall. Yeah, absolutely. We'll keep our eye on it. Um, all right. I got a 2016 update. I got a couple of things, actually, and I don't even really remember what all of them are, so I'll be surprised as we go along here, too. I do know at the top, though, of this 2016 update, which is what we're going to close with, Republican Senator David Perdue of Georgia had an interesting prayer at the Faith and Freedom Conference, which I have here. Okay. Did you hear anything about this other than what I sent you, obviously? No, I, I didn't even hear this going uh, on, but uh, the implica- 
implications of it is just baffling. It's strange. And I'll also say this. This guy, David Perdue, he's known as like the ni- like a nice guy of the Senate. Like people like him. He's like a Southern gentleman. He's this type of guy. He's probably going for VP. I well maybe this so this is he's at this conference obviously so he's there with a lot of like-minded people and he, he goes we should pray like Psalm one oh nine eight says referring to Obama this is talking about Obama uh-huh. okay let his days be few and let another take his office let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow let his children be continually vagabonds and beg. Let them seek their bread also out of their desolate places. Let the extortioner catch all that he hath and let the stranger spoil his labor. Let there be none to extend mercy unto him. Neither let there be any to favor his fatherless children. Let his posterity be cut off and in the generation following, let their name be blotted out. Let the uh, iniquity of his fathers be remembered with the Lord and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. What the fuck are you talking about? He really hates Obama. Well, he's quoting, and I I didn't read Psalm one hundred nine, but like that's the that's the prayer. But he's saying it in the context of Obama. Yeah. What the what? What? And then you wonder why it's like this guy who's like the nice Republican guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is praying that Obama's kids be vagabonds and fatherless, and and Obama's name be blotted out, like because he's a Muslim. So yeah. it's okay. Oh, uh, you're right. No. Okay. It all makes sense. Yeah. Now. You're right. Um. Wow. What? What? A, because because that's what his forgiven God Jesus Christ wants him to do. Isn't that he wants to go around hating other men? Isn't that the truth? Well, he doesn't hate him. He's not saying he hates him. He's just saying like, look, we should just pray that he gets killed and he's not in office anymore. Like that doesn't constitute I, I, you hating somebody. I'm being sarcastic. I, like you're absolutely right. It's it's just complete. That's not Jesus's message. No, have not at all. It was never his message. That might be you know the message of God from the First Testament, who's very vengeful. Right. But Obama hasn't even done anything to this man to make him revengeful. It's just a crazy thing. And I guess if you asked him about it, he'd be like, no, of course I don't want Obama. But like, but you just prayed an insane bunch of shit here that I, I don't understand why that doesn't get more covered. Like, how is that not something where you get him on TV and you're like, so let me ask you something. Like, you you want Obama's kids to be fatherless? Yeah, how does that help them? Yeah, do you want no one to extend mercy unto him? Like, what are you out of your mind? <laughs> this is a crazy. Okay, so that's out of, and then everybody's probably like, "Oh, beautiful." Is this because he won two elections? Yeah, I don't know, man. No, see, that's the thing. That's the other thing about this. Or I, is he a racist too? And it's because Obama's black. Oh, uh, certainly that could be the case. Also, I don't know. The thing is, you asked is because he won two elections, maybe. But that shit to me is secondary for people who would pray something like this. That's their main job waiting for Jesus to come back. That's why they're so supportive of Israel because they know that the Israelites need to be in Israel. Like these, all these, all these things have to align before sweet Jesus returns to judge the living from the dead and all this crap. Do we have a timetable on that? I, you know, like you, 2020 you, you or not something? know the time or the hour, you know, God the time it. or the place, but just be faithful or whatever. Um, so it's strange. So, Wishing ill on another man is being... Uh, well, he's praying, Joey. Oh, you he's know. praying. It's not wishing. He's just praying. I don't know. It's just, whatever. We don't have to dwell on it, but what, what a fucking crazy thing that is to come across. Like, yeah, uh, it, all right. I don't get it. Uh, Donald Trump revoked the Washington Post's press credentials because of, quote, incredibly inaccurate coverage of me. Absolutely. Donald mm. Trump 
can decide who gets to be in the room when he's in the room. That yeah. goes without saying. Well, and this is that, that, that's going to be the president of the United States. He can have whoever he wants or don't want in a room. Right. Well, isn't it amazing that a guy who is liked supposedly because of his not PC attitude, mm-hmm. um, it wants to censor the Washington Post. No, you can't cover me. You you don't cover me right, so you don't get to talk about me. That's not how it works, and that's also not how a free press works. It's essential to a democracy. Yeah. You got to be genuinely concerned that a guy like Trump would try to shut down speech in this country. Absolutely. People that don't agree with them. Again, authoritarian. He He's not, this is not the person that we need to be championing as a, you know, free thinker and somebody that's an independent. He, he's a, da- this is a dangerous person. See, because this goes down a dangerous path. Well, the Washington Post is a great paper. No, because what I'm thinking is, all right, so he gets elected. And then if he's ever questioned by anybody, he just won't have him be in the room. Well, right. That's my point. He'll just so be So he like, gets to set policy using the media. It's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. Right. Because they can only talk. Well, okay. But right. Absolutely. It's, it's, a dan- it's a very dangerous thing to start being like, I don't like the way you're talking about me. You don't get to cover me anymore. But, but wait, but we're the free press. No. No. You don't <laughs> come to my events. Okay. Marty Barron, who's the Washington Post executive editor, he says, Donald Trump's decision to revoke the Washington Post press credentials is nothing less than a repudiation of the role of a free and independent press. When coverage doesn't correspond to what the candidate wants it to be, then a news organization is banished. The Post will continue to cover Donald Trump as it has all along. Honorably, honestly, accurately, energetically, unflinchingly, we're proud of our coverage, and we're going to keep at it. Okay, fair enough. And thank you. Yeah, and they've done, there's nothing that they're doing. It's just Trump doesn't like the image of himself that he's projecting being reflected back at him in a realistic way. He wants to control the narrative and he doesn't want people that aren't supportive of him um, to to say why they're not supportive of him accurately. But you can't control what somebody else is going to write about you or tweet to you. You can try, and that's something that should be very concerning for all these free speech fighters and all these people that don't want the liberal PC left to tell you what you can and can't say. Okay, well, your guy is telling an entire news organization like, nope, I don't like the way you're talking about me. You can't cover me anymore. Survey USA data suggests that nearly six times as many Bernie Sanders supporters are prepared to support Hillary Clinton in the general election as opposed to Donald Trump. That doesn't surprise me. No, it shouldn't surprise anybody and it is absurd that anybody thinks that like Bernie supporters are going to go support Trump. They're not. Uh, finally, Joey, Uh Julian Assange says WikiLeaks will be releasing more Hillary Clinton emails soon. Ooh, you think there's going to be anything juicy in there? I don't know. We'll see. He hasn't suspended his campaign yet. Burn? Yeah. Sweet burn? Yeah, I know. We'll see. He's still in it. I know. We'll see what he's going to do. Um, he lost Washington, D.C. Handily. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, story's still out on Bernie. Um, do whatever you want, Burn. I love you. Follow uh, your heart, old man. <laughs> yeah, follow your heart, old man, indeed. Uh, we'll see. I mean, as it gets closer to the, the convention, more concessions will be made. We'll get a better idea of what Bernie wants, and you know, it'll it'll all be made made peaceful. He'll he'll get on board. Believe me, that's mm-hmm. not nothing to be concerned about. Um, all right, Joey. I think it was a good episode. I mean, we did a good job. I think with yes. the episode, it's not great to talk about you know a bunch of people getting murdered, but it is what it is. Yes, it is. Um, Samsonites, nobodies, everybody that listens to the podcast, we love you. We appreciate you. You can go on iTunes. You can subscribe on there. You can leave a you know a, a nice rating or or a nice comment. 
uh, a review is the word I'm looking for. You can also go on soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson. We put up, um, you know, all the episodes on there. You can leave a comment on them. We respond to those. I have a nice conversation with people during the week. It's great. We're also on Google play for the Android crowd. Email us mandatory Samson at gmail.com. Um, emails from a hat rules are in full effect. Nice. Uh, Twitter, Instagram and Snapchat. You can find me. I'm at man. Samp. Joey is Joey from Jersey. Jersey is spelled the Z on Twitter and Snapchat. Yes. And uh, that's the story for this week, guys. We will talk to you next week. We love you. We'll talk to you then. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. And find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Yeah. yeah.